guys? Welcome back to our teaching in the book of Exodus. Now, the last time we were here, we were in chapter 34, where we were dealing with a refreshing or a renewal of the covenant. Remember, Israel had sinned when Moses had first gone up to the mountain those first 40 days, and he delayed in coming down. Israel uh, influenced Aaron, the brother of Moses, to make molten, molten, or should I even say golden calves for them. And not so much as they were worshiping these calves as God, but they were making an image to the true God. Okay. A violation of the second commandment. Moses coming down after God had made him aware of these things. And then we see the judgment that is brought upon the nation. We see an, uh, a preliminary judgment that was a judgment that happened instantly. And then we saw a judgment that came sometime later on. And it, we don't know exactly what that judgment was, nor how many people actually died in that judgment. So with the situation as it was, God had said that he would no longer be in the midst of Israel as they traveled on their way to the promised land, but would send a messenger, an angel, to go before them. And this greatly displeased Moses. And so Moses, once again, in another 40 days and 40 nights in the mountains, uh, praying unto God and receiving further instructions of God, Moses interceded on behalf of the people and God changed his mind. Thus, we see chapter 34, a renewal of the covenant. And when we say a renewal of the covenant, this does not mean, and, and, and this was expressed, this was simply expressed in certain principal commandments that God was giving the people as God once again took the people for himself and agreed to be in the midst of the people as they journeyed toward the promised land. And also we see where Moses was allowed to see uh, a greater form, not the complete fullness of God's glory, but a greater form of God's glory as he passed by and God pronounced his name. That is not so much as Yahweh, but God gave certain attributes concerning his name. And those attributes that we saw was that God was compassionate toward the repentant sinner, but nevertheless, he would judge, he would surely judge the unrepentant sinner, and that judgment would be severe. And so finally we see basically the wrapping up of the chapter as God began to warn the people again concerning idolatry. That is idolatry that, that they could clearly reflect upon as they had just committed, but even more so of idolatry as they were preparing to go into the land of Canaan, where idolatry was basically the deal of the day. These people were seeped in idolatry. So he warned them of all of this. So basically what we saw again in a nutshell was the receiving of Israel as God's own people, the renewing of the covenant. All right. Now in chapter 35, now, even though this chapter is a long chapter and, and, and as a matter of fact, chapters 35, 36, 37 and 38 and 39 for the most part, even though it is a lengthy section it is not a section that we will put a lot of time into for the most part. 
I'm just going to simply, for the most part, just read it to you. And I don't mean to insult your intelligence, but I'm going to basically just read it to you. Every now and then I may bring out certain highlights, but for the most part, I'm just going to read it to you because it's basically two things you're going to see happening in chapter, chapter 35, which where we are now, we're going to see the, uh, preparation for the construction of the tabernacle in the acquiring of the necessary material, the donations that would be given for the people, for the making of the articles, making of the construction of the tabernacle itself, the, the women involved in, in, in sewing for the tabernacle curtains and things of that like, these things will be called a free will offering. So basically that's what we're going to see in chapter 35, the gathering of the necessary materials, even raw materials, gold and silver and bronze as a free will offering of the people. Chapter 35, gathering of it. Then chapters 36 through 39, we're going to begin to see the construction of the tabernacle. And we know we've already talked about the tabernacle and all of how it was to be made and how it was to be constructed and all of the articles therein. So in these chapters, we're going to literally get into the actual constructing of the tabernacle. Now, as I just said, even though these are lengthy chapters, they should be really quick. Probably some of the fastest chapters we will ever do because we are not, I'm not trying to teach you how to make a replica for yourself of the tabernacle. So these are just basically instructions on what they did, how they did and how they made them. Okay. We've already talked about the spiritual importance of the articles of the tabernacle. So there's no need of going back or rehashing all of that once again. So since we're talking about the construction of the tabernacle and we are not building the tabernacle is for the most part, just simply a reading of this material. Okay. So this should be a very, one of our very fastest chapters and the following chapters thereafter, up until we get to roughly around chapter 40, when we actually have the erection of the tabernacle, but it should be really fast. Cause all I'm going to do is basically read why, because we're not trying to build a tabernacle ourselves. We're just seeing, we're just being given the information on what they did. All right. With all of that, let's just go into chapter 35. Now this part of 35 and dealing with the Sabbath will be for the most part, the only part of the chapter that I will really make any substantive commentary towards. And that because we've already covered this once before, and even this will be brief. 35. Then Moses assembled all the congregation of the sons of Israel and said to them, these are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do for six days. Work may be done, but on the seventh day, you shall have a holy day, a Sabbath of complete rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall not kindle a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Okay. Now again, notice strategically how Moses begins. The Lord speaks of the Sabbath day in relationship 
to the building and construction of the tabernacle. And as I said to you earlier, the point of all of this is, even though the Sabbath day was not commanded for the Israelite to actually worship on that particular day, it is clear that the Sabbath day in, in the sense of being given a rest, the uh, six days you work, seventh day, Sabbath day, you rest, a rest being a physical rest, it is also clear by the way that it is assumed with the teachings concerning the tabernacle, and this is the second time that this has happened, that the rest is not only to be a physical rest, but also a spiritual rest, or even we can say a spiritual renewal or restoration, or even a spiritual refreshing. So the point is, the Sabbath is not just simply resting and sitting and doing nothing because as we relate all of this, that is how God gave the commandment. And then as soon as he talks about the Sabbath, what does he talk about once again? The tabernacle itself, that there is a spiritual import that we should bring into the understanding of the Sabbath, that there is a spiritual rest, a spiritual refreshing that goes along. Why? The tabernacle itself is a place that will be constructed where the Israelites will come to worship God. It symbolizes God in their presence and also a place of worship. So notice the idea, tabernacle, place of worship, and then Sabbath day, the rest. And when we're bringing those two particular ideas, we see that the Sabbath implies a personal worship time personal time of reflection and that, and God, it says in the Sabbath day here, and we'll talk about it, that no work is to be done, not even lighting a fire in your home. And again, notice the importance of the Sabbath day. How can we see this? We see this by by virtue of the penalty for the breaking of Sabbath day, the penalty for breaking the Sabbath is death. And so therefore we can see how important the Sabbath day was. So no work, no common work done whatsoever. And we see an example of such common work as even what the kindling of a fire in the home. Okay. Now we're going to get to, for the most part, the easy part of the rest of the chapter. Verse four, Moses spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel saying, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded saying, take from among you a contribution to the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, porpoise skins and acacia wood, oil for lighting and spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and onyx stones and setting stones for the ephod and the breastplate. So here we see that God is, has commanded Moses to tell the people to prepare a free will offering for the things that would be necessary 
for the construction of the tabernacle. So for all of the articles, remember we have all those different types of articles, the altar, burnt offering, then we have the bronze laver, then we'll ha have all of the curtains that would be around the tabernacle. <clears throat> Then we'll have the table, the table of the bread of the presence and the lampstand. And then you'll have the altar of burnt incense. And then, of course, you have the most holiest article of all that would be in the most holy place. OK, the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat and the cherubim, basically as one unit. But we have these things. So in order to make these things we need the necessary raw materials. And this is what we see happening in this particular section where God is saying, speaking to Moses to speak to the people to get the necessary raw materials that would be needed for the, uh, for the tabernacle itself. And the thing that is important about this particular offering that they would be given, because this would be a heave offering, or we see it here translated of, uh, uh, free will offering. All right. So this will be an offering that God is not commanding the people to give thus, thus amount and thus amount and thus amount. But God is going to speak about whose ever heart is moved in the giving of these things. And as we see, work our way down into the study of this, we'll see that the people gave liberally. Okay. And from this, I guess I'll say this here. And from this understanding of the free will offering to give of your own will, this is different from like the tithing. The tithing is not a, of your own will. It is a set amount, 10% to be given at specific occasions. Okay. This is not like the tithing. The tithing is an obligated offering. This is a free will offering. You give what you want if you want to, but as I was saying, and even in this, this understanding of these things, along with the teaching that we see in the book of Proverbs, we can see where Paul speaks in second Corinthians chapter nine, when Paul himself talks about giving and how giving should be done. Giving should notice what he said for if you sow sparingly, you will reap what sparingly. If you sow liberally, you will reap what liberally. And each man, each person, as he has purposed in his heart, free will, free will. So let him give. And why should giving be done this way? God loves a cheerful giver. So the giver, giving should never come under obligation, but the giving should be made in a cheerful manner. If you give under duress or under force or under obligation, then you should keep it to yourself. If you give with a regretting heart or a regretting spirit, then you should have kept it for yourself. Give liberally and give because your heart is moved in the service of God. You want to see the things of God progress and things that God has uh, uh, commanded for us to do and even things associated with the work of God. You want to see them blessed. Okay. I'm making this longer than I needed to needed to do so. But the bottom line is it is a free will offering as they gather the materials together for the working, making building of the tabernacle. Verse 10, let every skill for man 
among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. See that you make it make what the tabernacle is tent and is covering its hooks, its boards, its bars, its pillars, its sockets, the ark and its poles, the mercy seat and the curtain of the screen. Now, remember all of these things that Moses is talking about are simply the articles that are in, in the tabernacle itself that he's already talked about. So he's just talking about building and making these things and every skill for men, a man who is able to do it. If you want to help and participate in the construction of uh, the top tabernacle, then present yourself before the Lord. Okay. Now let's continue on as he talks about these things, the 12, the ark and its poles, the mercy seat and the curtain of the screen, the tap, the table and its poles, all its utensils and the bread of the presence, the lampstand also for the light and its utensils and its lamps and the oil for the light and the altar of incense and its poles and the anointing oil and the fragrant incense and the screen for the doorway. Remember that screen when you come into the different doors, when you first come into the tabernacle, then you go into the holy place or also called the tent of meeting, the doorway to the entrance of the temple, the altar of burnt offering. Remember that's where all of that, the, the sacrifices were made, the bronze grating, its poles and all its utensils, the basin and its stand. Remember the basin was that bronze labor where all of the priests were commanded to wash before they entered the tent of meeting, the hangings of the court its pillars and its sockets and the screen for the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle and the pegs of the court and their cords, the woven garments for ministering. Remember, these were the garments that the priests would wear. There would be certain garments that the priests, that is the sons of Aaron, the priests would wear. And then there would be a spectacular garment attire that the high priest and only the high priest would wear. Remember the, the mount, the, the miter that would be upon his head with the golden crown and the breastplate and the linen ephod and the blue and all of that. Okay. These things, the garments for the ministering in the holy place, holy garments for Aaron, the priest and the garments of his sons to minister as priest. So we just basically see all of the different articles. This God just literally enumerating. He's just counting them down that they are going to make. You get all of the raw materials. They just talked about what versus what uh, four, uh, four through nine. And from these raw materials, these are the things that you're supposed to make verses 10 through 19. Okay. Now that God, God has spoken to Moses to speak to the people to gather the raw materials and what they need to make. Then we see at verse number 20 and for the most part, the end of the chapter, the response of the people. Okay. 20. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel departed from Moses presence. Everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him came and brought the Lord's contribution for the work of the tent of meeting and for all his service and for the holy garments. Then all whose hearts moved them, both men and women, 
came and brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and bracelets, all articles of gold. Remember, so everybody, everybody's heart, whose heart is moved, everybody who desires to participate in the building of the tabernacle, in giving of the free will offering, they departed from Moses, gathered those particular items into the which they themselves had. And remember, they came from Egypt with great wealth. And the first thing that we see is they took certain articles of their personal belongings for the making that they're going to, you're going to melt to melt it down for gold, for all of the articles in the tabernacle that are to be made of gold. And this is what we see. Cause remember there'll be some made of gold. There will be things made of silver, like the sockets. There will be things made of bronze, like the altar bronze offering, the bronze labor. Okay. So they took all of these articles that they had, but here we see what things that they had of gold to the wish they had. Verse 23. Every man who had in his possession blue and purple and scarlet material and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red, porpoise skins brought them. Everyone could make a contribution. But let me go to, and so here in verse 23, we just see what a contribution that is made for the, the, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? The material, the clothing type material. I don't know the word that I'm trying to use, but for the curtains, remember the curtains that will be made, the curtains be made of fine. Some curtains made of fine linen. Then some curtains will be made of blue and scarlet and, and, and white that will be made of. So we see all of this being gathered together for the making of the different curtains, whether the curtains of the outer court or uh, outer part, the outer part of the tabernacle or the doorway into the tabernacle. That's also a curtain or a doorway, which is another curtain that'll go in, into the, uh, uh, holy place also called the tent of meeting or another doorway curtain that would lead to the most holy place. So all of these particular curtains that would be involved in the tabernacle, this is what we see them bringing. 24, everyone could make a contribution of silver and bronze and notice that with the silver, the hooks, the bronze, like the altar burnt offering and things of that nature, the bronze labor bronze brought the Lord's contribution and every man who had in his possession, acacia wood for any work of service brought to it. Remember the acacia wood, because you find things like, uh, the different, like the, the, what is it? The bread of the presence. I think it was made of acacia wood overladen with gold. And so, but acacia wood would be, would be involved in the making of these things. And a lot of times when you, when you, especially when you get into the tent of meeting, they would just simply be overladen with gold, be something that be made of pure gold, but then some things would be overladen with gold. Okay. And we also see this too, with the Ark of the tabernacle, the Ark itself. All right. Uh, where are we? 25. All the skilled women spun with their hands and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet material and in fine linen. All the women whose heart stirred and skilled with a skill spun the goat's hair. And they just simply see what the women involved in the making of the curtains, all of those different curtains that we've already talked about. The rulers brought 
the onyx stones and the stones for setting for the ephod and for the breastpiece. Remember the special breastpiece that the uh, uh, high priest wore with the 12 stones that were in it, right? The rulers brought these precious stones. You can understand the rulers, Brian, and why these are very expensive stones. And as well as the spice and the oil for the lighting and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. The Israelites, all the men and women whose heart moved them to bring material for all the work which the Lord had commanded through Moses to be done, brought a free will offering to the Lord. And so he basically ended and said, and everybody whose heart God had touched, of course, who had decided of their own will participated in some manner or another, whether it's the bringing of the raw material or whether it's the working with the hand for the women in the sewing for the different curtains that we see here or the bringing of certain jewels and oil, anointing oil that we see with the rulers bringing or the men who will be involved in other uh, gifts of uh, uh, a raw material, gold and silver and bronze uh, for the making of the tabernacle. Everybody who wanted to be involved could participate. And of course, you would want to participate in the building of the tabernacle of God. This would be considered an honor to give to the work of God. All right, let's finish this chapter out. Then Moses said to the sons of Israel, see, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding and in knowledge and in all craftsmanship to make designs for working in gold, in silver and in bronze, and even in the cutting of stones for setting and in the carving of wood so as to perform in every inventive work. And so once again, he talked about him, I think, in chapter 31. <clears throat> this guy is the general administrator, okay? Kind of like the head contractor, so to speak. He would be over all of the work of the tabernacle. And we see that God had blessed him. <clears throat> Notice to talk about the spirit of wisdom and things of that nature. We would just simply call that today talents. Talents. Now, these are not spiritual gifts, as Paul talks about, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. These are not gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit to function in a sense of ministering, but these are talents to the which God has supernaturally inspired this man to work in all manner. So this guy can do it all. He can work with the he can work with the molten gold and silver and bronze. He can work with the woodwork. He can do just about anything. And this, and so God has called him. He said he he has gifted him and called him by name to be the administrator over all the works of the tabernacle. And but God didn't leave it to him alone. God also gave him an assistant. And this is what we see in verses 34 and 35. He also put in his heart to teach both he and who? Oh, the son of Ahas, Hasmach 
of the tribe of Dan, he has filled them with skill to perform every work of an engraver and of a designer of an of an embroiderer in blue and in purple and scarlet material in fine linen and of a weaver as performers of every work and makers of design. And so here we see Ohaliab. So we have what Bezalel is going to be the chief administrator <clears throat> and Ohaliab is going to be basically his assistant. And it seemed to suggest with the deal with issues, uh, his specific expertise comes in engraving and embroidering. Okay. So we see him doing that. So we, so God in, in chapter 35, let's just simply wrap it up. We don't even want to make it no longer than need be. We see basically what the get God come. First of all, the Sabbath being given, and we've already talked about the importance of that. That is the Sabbath is not only a day of physical rest for the body. It is also a day of rest or refreshing and renewance for the spirit. And why do we make this? Because how, how it is always mentioned, it is normally mentioned here in relation to the tabernacle itself, to the place where Israel is commanded to worship God and the presence of God would be amongst the people. So we saw the Sabbath. Then we see uh, God's command for the people to bring in all of the raw material for the construction of the tabernacle, whether of gold and silver or bronze, and then we, and, or even of all of the material, like for the building of the construction of the curtains and the different doors, or even the hooks and the basins and all of the articles that are involved. So we saw the raw material command given, and then we see the response of the people in bringing those things. Those things which be made of gold or silver or bronze, they brought enough of that raw material to be melted down to construct the articles thereof or those things that be made of wood or those we saw the women involved in sewing things for the curtains and the doorways and things of that nature. And then we see basically overall the statement of how everybody whoever desired to participate in the building of the tabernacle, you were allowed to do so and the response of the people in doing just that. All right, guys, that's it for that. Thanks for joining me in that. Join me as we continue to talk about the construction, the actual construction of the building of the tabernacle and all of its uh, particular articles as we continue in chapters 36 through 39. They'll be short, I can guarantee you why, because we're not trying to build a replica. We're just talking about in the information given and what they did. But the beauty of it all is, it was a free will offering. And this is what my prayer would be concerning all of these things. May the Lord bless us to have hearts that are willing to give in his work. All right. Thanks for joining me, guys. See you next time.